from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 20 of the Draft Rugby Show, the show they play in heaven. I'm your host, Kagi, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Harry and Nelson Dale. And it's quarterfinals time. We're getting excited. But uh, first... For all of us. Well, I mean, for Super Rugby. We're not getting excited, mate. For Super Rugby, it's quarterfinals time. But um, (laughs) yes, all right. Well, boys, how are you? How do you enjoy the the last week of of footy on the weekend? Mate, uh, pretty pretty cracking weekend, even though the results didn't go, you know, the the way we wanted for a lot of the Aussie teams. But uh, we're into the final time, mate. I, I feel, to be honest, as a Waratahs fan, I'd given hope away a few weeks ago. So, I mean, uh, it, it's just kind of a, almost a full stop on the the sentence of I have no hope left. Now it's just just get through the week, basically. That's that's all we're at. But still loved going to the footy, sending hoops off. We had a good crowd. Got to to bring the misses. Uh, she didn't hit up the drinks package too much because she's almost ready to pop. Uh, Bub's due in six weeks, but cracking cracking time. It's true. It's a very I don't know what's the scarier prospect, Michael Hooper leaving or another Dale being born. Um, very scary. Harry, what are your thoughts on that specifically? Uh, I'm all about the Dales being born, mate. It's like the more the merrier, personally. But look, oh also, I just like to echo Nels. Like it was, it was pretty awesome. The atmosphere out there for Hoops leaving. It's a shame the rest of the team didn't really show up and had a pretty off night. But uh, I love the fact that I'm such a rugby fan that I had a fantastic time, regardless. So <laughs> I just love footy and seeing Tava Tavanaugh. I tear it up. It was pretty cool. Will laughing about the fact that he looks like he has a roid gut because he's just so thick. Like he's just <laughs> such a unit. So yeah, it's a very good day, man. And, and awesome being out there at the Tars celebrating. And they gave us some free tickets for the for the missos as well, which is cool. Oh, yeah. How good. Um, yeah, no, nothing gets much better than uh, than Jimmy Tava Tavanawai. Uh when all he wants to do is run into people and destroy them. That's his first, uh, you know, first and foremost for him. But but no, Hoops, Hoops tried his best. He tried to put the team on his shoulders. He had one hell of a game, but um, unfortunately couldn't get the result. But still a, a fitting send-off, I think, that summarised kind of his career. Um, it, does, it does summarise his career because he has been a man that, you know, has been possessed and tried to put the team on his back no matter what through some dark days. But, I mean, it doesn't really, you know, taint... His time at the Tars, he's still a Super Rugby winning captain, um, and he's he's still going out with you know glory and and giving it his all. That's it. The most the uh, most uh, caps as captain of the Wallabies as well, and he's even had to overcome such struggles as um, Nelson saying that he was better than Michael Hooper uh, in his life. So I don't know. Maybe that was the motivation that made him so good. Uh, we I, will never know. But um, I never said know. it. I only implied it. All right, it's not the same thing. <laughs> No, very good. All right. Well, look, getting getting into uh, the menu for tonight, um, we're going to ha- have a quick little review talking points of round 15, the last round of the regular season. We're going to preview the quarterfinals to come next week. Uh, and for dessert, we're going to have a look at uh, the Wallabies locking combos. Uh, you know, who, which players we think are in the picture. Last week, we discussed the back row. Um and before we jump into that, uh, I think we'll, Harry's got a quick um, Super Brew update, and we might even touch on a little fantasy update of the the OG League. Um, so, Harry, why don't you take us away with uh, Super Brew? How's that looking? Yeah, mate. So, uh, going from third to first, Brad Breath 
tops the round again. The man is just pushing for a final kind of top, top spot there, but he's got some work to do. He's in third place still on 92 points, but he is way ahead of the rest of the, the pack below him now. Sensation sitting 0.25 ahead of him in second, 92.25. You've got to jump all the way up to 95 points, but there can be only one. So I'm assuming the, the two in second and third are just going all upsets from here on in. For them, I think the Reds are winning, the Drew are winning, the Tars are winning. <laughs> But a uh, special little shout-out for Nelson's BFF, BJ Bryan. Brian Jones, he's in fourth place, 88.33, doing what we couldn't. And it's good to know that one of these people tipping are not just bots because I assume the reason I'm so low down the table is because we were just playing all robots. But uh, there's proof it's not the case. And uh, one more shout-out, sliding, sliding from, I think, 30 was a few weeks ago, down to ninth now, the year of the Tars. His tipping season has just dropped. <laughs> At the same time, the Tars' fortunes have changed. So real shame for him. But, uh, I mean, with that kind of name, it was pretty obvious it was coming, wasn't it? <laughs> How good. The uh, the exclusive draft rugby Superbrew competition. Um in terms of just lots of bots, I mean, I all I can say is that I expected at least Nelson and you to have about five accounts each in that. So you can't have done well in, I mean, you would have tipped, you would have had at least two accounts to tip both ways in every fixture, but uh, I don't know. You guys just haven't pulled it together. This I've, year, so. I've, I've topped it, the three of us. That's what matters. But look, to be honest, I can't <laughs> even manage to do my own tips every week. I have missed that many. And I and I do most of them while we're on the pod. So <laughs> anytime I haven't done a pod, I have missed tips. Fair enough. All right, and uh, and fantasy. Let's wrap up the the OG league. The only thing that really matters uh, in all of our lives every year uh, is fantasy footy and uh, the OG league. And um, both of you are very happy this week. Um, you've both made the top four and our draft rugby finals. So congratulations to the two Dales. It's good to have some podcasters in the top four again. I mean, we're usually always up there, but um, you know, do you know what's even sweeter is Harry and I on the other semi-finals. Harry's fourth versing first i'm second versing third so it could be an all final which has happened numerous times but there is one more playoff uh that's that's to come over these next few weeks and and that's the wooden spoon playoff isn't it harry it is and i think there's one man in this chat that knows a lot about wooden spoon playoffs and that, of course <laughs> is david car greg oh i thought you you look like an absolute shoo-in to be doing a sexy calendar for the regular season spoon, but you pulled it out at the last minute. I noticed that you've dropped 30 kgs in the last fortnight. Um, mate, you said uh, pre-pod that you were going to be chowing down on some chocolate cake mid-pod just to prove a point. That's it, mate. That's it. No sexy calendars here. Uh, got the top score of the fantasy round this week just to seal the deal. Um, mind you, I, I only uh, I beat the guy with the second top score of the round and knocked him out of the finals as well. So Singer's not very happy with me. But um, but you've also got the worst score overall by five. I absolutely points. deserve <laughs> to like be the calendar. This year. Absolutely deserve to. Uh, but we've snuck out of it. I mean, hashtag never in doubt. I never truly thought that I'd end up being the calendar. Um, and Harry, you said a man with a lot of experience. Um, in the wooden spoon finals, I thought you were talking about Nels because didn't he have about three or four in a row? So I mean, oh, he is he is the the all time greatest. But is uh, he the leader? I was going to leave that out. 
I think he's the leader on the Spoon Trophy in, in that his name is. He got three in a row. The most time. <laughs> but one of them wasn't a playoff. You just handed it to me. And then the next year when I wasn't coming last, you went, let's make it a playoff. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of excuses. Look, that's that, that's true. Well, look, this is my first wooden spoon playoff. And I tell you, I'm uh, not only am I stoked to not be doing the calendar, but now I get to pick first and uh, I'll be bringing it this Thursday. So not only have I knocked uh, Chrissy Nabung, who's lost his name as well to his brother, uh, into the uh, into the cal- sexy calendar, but now I'm going to put an exclamation mark on it and uh, give him the spoon as well. One more thing, guys, just want to announce myself as king of the pod because I've got the uh, I believe David Car Greg is two and zero against me this year, so he's my bitch. And Nelson, I think I'm two and one on you as well, mate, in the regular season. So it's good to be the king. But I think Including Harry, the all important. I, I, have we not talked about the all important fixture this week? The two Dale brothers went head to head. Uh, Nelson wanted to be uh, top of the table if he won, and Harry playing for a spot in the. Harry needed about I'll ten. Go on top, to I think got top as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Harry gets the win. Saw him get into finals, so huge. Well done, boys. Yeah, very good. Like, how good's fantasy footy? I know this means nothing to anyone else, but uh, <laughs> if you're not playing, you should because. It is just so much fun, man. And we had the, the closest finish we've ever had. It's We were all up in, late at night continually updating live scores. Oh, mate. We, we As you said, Harry, put the scores in. About three of our fixtures were all... Anyone could have been in the in the, the final, in the top six could have been in the finals and our very close scores. But, um, mate, I'll tell you what, that Chiefs force game, that's almost as much as I've ever screamed at a TV in any game of footy I've ever watched. Uh, I was that keen to get out of being the sexy calendar. So, um, anyway. Um, it was almost a smooth transition. We had uh, the first game of round 15, the Blues versus the Highlanders. Smooth. Taking this one out 16 to 9. That's not a bad outing, really, for the Highlanders. It's a bad outing for both the Blues and the Highlanders. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. <laughs> no, that was a good outing for the Highlanders, just bad for the Blues. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Oh, how, how about the big one in that one was Paddy took a lot of broke his arm and just didn't tell the coach until after the game so he could keep playing. Yeah, what a legend. Okay. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, uh, and then we had the next game. We had uh, the Brumbies defeating the Rebels 33-17. to 17. Um, Just too much class and power there, I think. But um, there was some good stuff out of that. How, how about um, uh, Carter Gordon chasing down Tommy Wright? You know, you thought Tom Wright jet shoes was away down the sideline. Carter Gordon was like, absolutely not. He was running him down. That was awesome, I thought. He's so good, isn't he? So yeah. freaking good. Yeah. Imagine him in the Crusaders. He, he would just be swinging off him every single year, <laughs> any, every single week. Anyway, Fijian and Drua got it done, 41-17 to 17 against the Reds. I'm upset we didn't tip this one because I had the Drua circled as well, but I didn't think they were going to get it done that easily. I think I it was a draw at half time as well, and then they just blew them apart in the second half. And then the Hurricanes versus Crusaders, 27-26. Again, we are commenting back and forth first half. It's just way too easy for the Crusaders. They were scoring at will, and then they just decided not to show up in the second half, and the Hurricanes just absolutely controlled and dominated the entire match. I just didn't understand what happened in that second half. It was crazy. Yeah, and then after that, we had the Force losing 19 to 43, and I think... And that was it. No, that yep, was no other games. I think no that was the <laughs> No, no look, the, the Tars had a shocker. Um, and, and don't take anything away from Moana. They came and really fought hard for, for their season, but... Brumby's going down, Avorita's going down 24-33. You hate to see it for hoops, but good on Moana. 
And it doesn't feel great as war- as uh, starch Waratahs fans coming off two losses and going into the finals. But, uh, you know, anyway, it is Mate, what it is. It's, it's but, basically, it's it's not a final for us. It's just a warm down match because we know yeah, it's but, the last one. So, al- Although we say this, by the time we get around to the weekend, we'll be up on the Tars again and be like, the boys can do it. We're going to win. 2023 is our year. You know, but uh, anyway. There's no one playing. They're all injured. So <laughs> uh, are, you, are you getting a call up, Nils? Yeah, hopefully, mate. That sounds good. That's that'll be good for the team. Fit right in. Um, talking points from the round. Um, the Fijian drew a crowd, boys. I mean, going absolutely insane with their team winning. You know, earning themselves a playoff this week. It, as if it is not on everyone's bucket list. If you're a rugby fan, to now go watch a game of Super Rugby in Fiji with the Fijian Ndrua against anyone, they will just come come to play. I tell you what, I wanted to go this year, but no, next year, I'm whatever it takes. I'm going going for Buller a round, one of the games. I, I don't care how hard it is financially. Make the bull around happen, and we will turn up. I think, I'm, mate, we, we would love to go, but we'll be going down to the Brumbies quarterfinals, won't we, Nels? We'll be down at the farm, and we'll make the trip over. This this coming weekend? Yeah, that's the plan. Otherwise, I'd be flying to Fiji for this weekend. How good would it be? Mate, they're not playing in Fiji this weekend. They're playing in... Uh... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah right. I won't go then. That's it. Depends on my <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't I'll have told them. Harry just gets a flight over there for the game. He's like, what? What's going on? What do you mean? Guys, I'll talking points as well. How about Coles versus Taylor? The niggle. I like. I, I know I've, I, you've gotten the notes here, Craigs, that the niggle was great. First of all, like, there is not another player in the world who I hate but respect so much as Dane Coles. Now, the man yeah. in his peak reinvented, reimagined what a hooker can be. Like him on the wing, his turn of pace, his finishing ability was outstanding. He was one of my favourite hookers. But sadly, as he's aged, his game has just turned into being a C-word, and that's his entire tactic. Now, I've got to say, arguably, it won them the game. So, of course, he's just going to continue to do it. Like Cody Taylor lost his cool and then did something stupid, got yellow carded straight afterwards. Dane Coles gives him the send-off, and then that, that's when the, the momentum really turned and the Hurricanes took control. But I, I do like the bit of, like, back and forth, and then they've now spliced it together with them just, like, having a pat and, like, winding each other up after the game like it was nothing. I, I think surely Cody Taylor's like, yeah, I'll play it cool, but inside he's like, mate, you are a fucking douchebag. I'm not going to lie. Reading an article that came out saying – uh, the the All Blacks hard man. Now I I don't buy that as a hard man. That's no, a guy that has nothing left. The bloke has nothing left on the footy field. He used to be absolutely cracking. Oh. Now he goes. I cannot do stuff around the paddock. I'm going to try to aggravate people, and somehow people respect me for it. I think it's, it's pathetic. It's find- exactly like me trying to play touch footy against young kids now or something. You know, like you're just like I'm oh, smarter really? than you. I played this a long time. I know exactly how to push your buttons. I'm just going to wind you up to try and get an advantage. And that's all he does. I, I agree. I, I think he's nowhere near his peak as an athlete. At, at his best, he was one of the best ever. But really, he's just uh, – it's his whole game now, isn't it? It's just diving and whacking people in the head when they're on the floor defenseless. Like, it's just – it's not hard, man, Matt. He's, it's, it's disappointing to me. That's what his game's become personally. Mate, think about just think about if you want to feel sorry for someone, feel sorry for the golden oldies division that's just about to get John Afoa, who's 39, and Dane Coles is 37 coming in. You know what I mean? Just Jesus Christ. But um, no, he's always been a grub. We called him the grub, Dane Coles. And he, I, we didn't think so. Nelson and I used to always joke that like we, we didn't get it. We thought Joe Moody was the grub back in the day. 
But, you know, he, he's cleaned himself up and he's still playing well. DC's gone backwards. No good. <laughs> well, for one, I love it. I'll be honest with you. I think it's the best. As Coles was, as uh, Taylor was walking off, he's pointing at his head just like, man, I'm living in here rent-free, son. See you later. I, I love a niggle, <laughs> but I think his is all for show and absolute bullshit. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't buy the hard man. It has nothing to do with the hard man. But I the think niggle, it's pathetic, niggle king, man. I'll take that. You know what I mean? That's I great. I think it's pathetic. Well, let's, yeah. let's move on. I think it's pathetic. I don't even think it's smart or tactical or anything. I think it's Speaking of that, pathetic... Yeah. Pathetic is anyone trying to tackle mm. Jimmy Tavatavana yet, um, particularly going high. I don't know how, week in, week out, people go and try to take him high. It's never going to work. The guy is built like a Mack truck. I think even Parisi tried to have a crack up high. The guy has, I, I think I recorded his his, his tackle bus. Um, I mean, look, this is jumping the gun a little bit with our points, but I mean, he was the fantasy man of the week. I'm giving out his stats. You got two no, don't do it because we're going to spice this up and I'm not doing that editing. Um, how about the <laughs> actual takeaway from this? Yes, Tavitavanaya was brilliant, but mm. this is the first Moana win of the entire season. How much do we say it's because of the fantastic performance of the Moana and how much do we say it's just because the Tars just didn't show up and played horrendously? What do you boys think? Uh, it's 50-50. Uh, I think Moana did turn up and they were keen and they were fighting for something and had that little bit extra, I think, that they needed. But the Tars not only had a lot of players missing, they had a couple of key injuries. A few things started to fall apart for them um, that, you know, people in different positions than they used to. Uh, I think it, it definitely goes both ways. I think I think I think it was definitely a case of the rails fell off for the Tars, but the, the Moana, the boys were on and they were on for 80 minutes. Yeah. And it just all kind of clicked for them. You know what I mean? They just really put out probably their best performance of the season, regardless of the Tars. Um, and it would have taken, you know, the full strength Tars team to to come away with a win, I think, for that one. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought they were unlucky not to beat Fiji last week. They played very well. The Tars were nowhere near them. So I think Tars playing well, it's still to have any good game. Yep. And last talking point of the round, the Chiefs. Uh, absolutely firing. I mean, they had mass, mass resting, 11 changes, sent the team over to... The fortress that is HBF Park, of course, the force hadn't lost the game over in Perth. And, um, mate, they came out absolutely firing at uh, the force across all cylinders. I even thought Rameka Poi, he'd be looked really, really good at 10. We, we thought, what the hell was going on there? And he hadn't played it since high school. But, um, mate, it was awesome. It was a great crossfield kick for a try, things like that. Um, how'd you guys find that game? Yeah, good player. Look, fantasy man of the week, Jimmy the Jet, Timothy Tava Tavanawai. What are what do you are you just, just straight through the keeper no. there on Gargi's question, eh? Yeah, he's good player. That's a power lie. move right there. Power move, well done. Credit. Let's move on. I'm not gonna lie, it glitched right in here. And I'm just like, <laughs> he said something, it's probably not that important anyway. Oh, let's move look, straight you on. just claim the power move, mate. But all right, let's move on. Nelson, fantasy man of the week, please. Jimmy the Jet. Tavatavanawai, a hundred and two points, two tries, eleven runs for eighty-four meters. Three line breaks, 14 tackle busts. Holy bejeebus. One offload, one turnover one, one turnover conceded, but four from six tackles made. This guy makes more tackle busts than the team makes tackles. He, that is impressive stuff. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to point out that that takes him to 72 tackle busts for the season. Some players don't even get 14 in a season. He's got 72. Got it in one match. 
And yeah. hold on, you you were saying before, Mark Talaya has eighty six tackle busts. Yeah. Wasn't he way behind Amoa and and Tavanawa like six weeks ago? That means he's gotten like well, that's eight that's tackle busts in six weeks. Don't forget no, Moana said. Don't forget I, said we want to rest Jimmy Tava Tavanawai yeah. for no reason for a few weeks, but, and that's how he scored up. But Talaya has had about three one hundred point games in a row or something as well. I can uh, tell but, you that um, that Tava Tavanawai averages six tackle busts a game. Yeah. Mark Talaya averages nine point six. Yeah. <laughs> like we're talking about resting players, mate. It is out of control. But it it is. I just want it is crazy. Like in terms of tackle bus, separating them from the rest, we have Talao with eighty six, um, Tabatabanao with seventy two, and Amua with seventy one. And then after that, it's huge drop down to forty nine for Richie Mo. So it's absolutely insane. We haven't seen so, players recording this. You know games. what this tells me? Stats. Kiwis can't defend, mate. It's the Kiwi side of the table missing all the tackles. Mate. Aussies play Aussie sides more, mate. We'd be right up there if it was the Aussie bad defending. Show me anyone who can defend bloody Talaya, Tavatavanawa. Uh, I'm trying to take a win, even if it's rubbish. Just give it to us. Give it to the nation. All right, Boys, the cool. notables. I've notables. got Mark Talaya, again, 93 points. Cam Roygaard, 87 points. And Tom Wright, 76 points. And a shout-out to Anton Leonard-Brown, 71 points. His biggest game in a long time. Huge. Um, we've got the super sub for the round. Tommy Lambert, uh, 54 points. Came off the bench, played 47 minutes. Um, big game from him. Uh, and the captain, Mud Award. Uh, we have Jermaine Ainsley with minus 13 points. Harry wasn't too pleased uh, having him with that. But um, what did oh, he get? Did he get a card? He's got a card for something? Or? Yeah, no, he, he missed a lot of tackles and he got a card. How good. All right, well, that's our fantasy stats. Um, let's quickly jump over to uh, a listener question. Uh, Nels, do you want to take us through? We, we I think we had the one for the, for this week. Long time listener, Fitzy Nick Fitzner uh, on uh, Twitter, Marky Mark, real deal or mercurial pretender? And look, I'll I'll jump into it. Uh, this this guy is still twenty two years old. We're all talking about this guy like he's mid twenties and he hasn't sort of evolved. His defense in the last few years and his error rate. rate and how much it's dropped has just got significantly better. Um, don't forget, we're playing this bloke now out of position, a position he hasn't played for a few years, surrounded by other people in different positions he's not used to playing with. Um, Parisi out of the wing, the centres. There, there was a lot of changes happening. Um, I this is We know we can attack. He's still got 51 metres. He had a line break, two offloads, four tackle busts. Uh, he scored himself a try. But it was his defense, I think, that really let him down. Uh, and he had a few more errors. So, I mean, he definitely didn't put his name out there as a contender for the fullback jersey for the Wallabies. But he is still young. And I think he's still very much the real deal. He just has to keep working on some of his his issues. I think, yeah, my, my take on it is it that um, just from the raw skill ability, I mean, when he played those couple of tests for the Wallabies, um, you know, of course, one of them, his yeah. first one was against Italy, but his second test, he scored two tries against Wales. You know what I mean? This is a, a top tier one nation team and he made them look silly. So he's got, he's absolutely got the skill and the capability of doing it on the, the top stage. Um, and yeah, he's just got to develop his game a bit more. But um, I mean, the Tars around him were not looking great either. So we can't pin it all on him when you don't have blokes around you doing, pulling their weight. And you're out of position. It's not going to be an easy transition for you. 
Yeah. Now, um, that was our only listener question because uh, I think Harry was saying everyone just loved the photo more, the photo of Nels doing the hot <laughs> takes. Uh, that's a very popular photo. We're getting thrown around Twitter, which is good. Um, yeah. Love some good memes. But let's push on to the news. So I think, look, we've talked about it a lot, but Michael Hooper wrapping up for the Tars. As we said, one hell of a game from him. Summarised his career, I think, for the Tars. And, um, you know, good on him. On, on to bigger and better things. Been a great servant of Australian rugby, New South Wales rugby, um, and yeah, pity we couldn't get the win, but um, yeah. I think we also had Reese Hodge getting his 100th game for the Rebels, he's 100 and done. Uh, no finals for the Rebels, so that's the last time we're going to see him in Rebels colors by the looks of it. And I mean, he, he's a guy that's had a long journey for that club, been pushed around in different jerseys. You know, he's been thrown into a Wallabies 10 jersey against the All Blacks and got a win. That's a, a play I think very much underappreciated in Australia. Um, and and maybe mismanaged. Uh, I hate to say that we we have a lot of players that probably fill that bracket that get thrown around into different positions. Mm. I think he's looked good at thirteen, and I think he's had you know some some real positive involvements in the last few years. And yeah, it's sad to see him offshore, but he he committed to the Rebels when you know they they weren't looking too crash hot, and he stuck with them the whole way. So good on him. Absolutely, and that that's always been his um his versatility has always been his downfall, hasn't it? It's just been. He never was never was the first picked in any position in the back line, but was often the second and uh, just the ultimate 23 jersey in any team, wasn't he? So, um, well, that's he's good. A, look, I, he's only 27, right? Like mm. 100 games. He, he could come back easily to the next World Cup. The way he plays, like he's big, he's physical, he's smart. If he keeps reading the game better and better, we could see him back, I reckon. He's, he's young enough and he's talented enough. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to he's going to play a pivotal role in this World Cup, obviously, um, in the Wallaby squad. But uh, again, as the twenty three jersey for sure, I'd say. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, he's still got plenty more to contribute, and I think it's really nice to wrap it up at a hundred. He'd love that he's leaving at a hundred games. You know what I mean? Just like that must feel good. But um... and also, can we? We've talked about Mark Nawang and the Idawasi's read. Look up Reese Hodge on Google <laughs> Images. This guy has had a phenomenal body. For a very, very long time. The bloke is an absolute specimen. Nels, you don't have to lie and say on Google Images. We know that his rig is your back, desktop background, but that's all right. Now, but look, I think... That image, Google Images. That's where I found it. <laughs> all right. Well, look, I think we've given Harry enough time to still, uh, stalling here in terms of uh, another point in the top news was um, some more Western Force signings. They are getting a whole bunch of people over there you know, for the next couple of years. And um, we've got Ben Donaldson and potentially will Harris to follow. So another two Tars going over there, um, players that will contribute a lot uh, to that Western Force team. So with that, that's got us thinking about um, what could the potential Western Force 23 look for uh, look like next year? Because, um, God, they've got some had some awesome signings. So, Harry, do you want to take us through? You've just finished kind of wrapping it up, um, what we think the 23 could look like and how excited we can get about it. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I'm wondering if I'm missing anyone, so please jump in, guys, if there's someone that I've missed here. But they've just signed so many players. All of a sudden, they've got this squad of probably 25, 28 players that could really cut it at super rugby level and be very competitive, which, you know, like it's got the potential to really, I think, next year, jump them into second or third in Australia, which you know, arguably puts them as the sixth team in the comp or something like that, you know, like it's it's a lot of potential and that's probably not their ceiling either. So 
This is what I've got. Obviously, Tom Robertson's going to miss the year for six months for the bulk of the year with he's coming back from his ACL. So I haven't included him, but that means that you've got Wagner at loose head, Banger R and Madrano. I believe Madrano's still there, guys. Um, yep. With a bench uh, a reserve prop, probably not as strong on the the loose side without Tommy Robertson. Um, but they got Kaitu or Horton at hooker again, and then Charlie Hancock. I think has been very good as a young prop coming through at tight head, and then they've still got Siosip uh, Amoni as well, who I think's been very good when he has a run. So a lot of young talent coming through in that position. So they still have Jack Winchester, the the young absolute weapon of a hooker as well, who they're developing. So I think they have him in the in the wings as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They've got they've got a lot there. Mm. Um, in the locks, guys, I've got surely just Williams and Rodder again, like two class class locks. And then you got Kalapu, who's been fantastic, and Macaulay as your fourth lock. Like Macaulay's not bad. Yeah. So I think that's very very good there as well. In the Lucies. There's going to be a lot of uh, conjecture here, I think, because there's just so many options. I've gone for on form, Raboni. Um, I'm going to move him to six because he has been playing well the last few weeks, but could well be a number of players we'll touch on. Carlo Tizano and um, Isi Nasarani at eight, if you can get his act back together. But that still leaves the likes of Will Harris. Um, you got Wells, Anstey, Callan, all as options in that back row. Like that's, that's a lot of opportunity just to rotate your players around and keep everyone fresh. That's uh, that's getting close to you know hurricanes level minus Artie Savea, really. That's some serious depth, absolutely, and, and you particularly need that in your back row. Um, it's so. it is cracking. They've used quite a few people in that back row this year as well. You you definitely need it. I, I don't see Raboni necessarily filling that six role if they want to jump up. That's fine if you if you do. I, I think he can jump. I don't think he's super rugby. You know top. Top jumper when you've got the likes of Anstey, um, that, that could be there, or I, I He's guess starting you know, above Anstey now, that's why I went that way. It's just different. I, I don't think I've been starting at eight mainly, so push, pushing into the into the backs, we've got, of course, Nick White, uh, the marquee signing. Um, we've got, of course, Isaac Fines, who has absolutely been lighting it up. I don't think. I think Simpson was only on a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, Ian Pryor, I'm not sure if he's still playing next year or not. I think he's got another 19 years left in his contract <laughs> from, from memory. <laughs> lifetime deal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, with Ben Donaldson over there, we've got Ben Donaldson, Max Bury, who's absolutely been lighting it up, um, Bryce Hegarty, and, of course, we've the guy who we've all forgotten, who has been injured this entire year, but yeah, Rishan Pasatoa, um, who, you know, is a player that incredibly excites me. Um, I think... Um, this upsets me. I, yeah. I don't want that much competition because I wanted Pasatella just to start every game. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, the, the concerning part of this is Bury's developing really well. He's looking really good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he could well be the first choice leading into the start of next year if he keeps developing and how, how he has because he's a mature head as well. But look, uh, Pasatella, by all reports, is looking enormous. And he's another guy that might cover that 12 jersey, something he's done in younger years in the past as well. Um, and Hegarty, we know, can cover fullback as well. Uh, so the, they have a few options there. But the Waratahs all of a sudden go from having too many options to you now look at the fours who have far too many options. <laughs> yeah. uh, In the centres, i got Hamish Stewart and Spink. I think just continue on with that com- combination, right? Like they've both been very solid, I think. And as you said, you've got Basatoa and probably Kunzel as your backup. So maybe lacking a little bit of depth at the outside centre position to cover. 
I, I assume Pullman will be there, but, you know, if we're talking about a super rugby-ready 23, maybe not quite there yet. Yep, no, I agree with that. And then in our back three, there's a lot of names there that everyone's starting to love. If you haven't already loved them in the past, that's Matteelli, Kiribidji, who's been a surprise pack. It does need to learn to tackle. Chase Tiatia, probably your fullback option as well. And you've still still got Pulu in the wings in that spot as well. And, and of also, course, Rupeni Matteelli as well. Uh, I was not going to let us get away without that yet. And developing yeah, and, in the wings, Matteelli 2.0. Um, and Jake Strawn. Don't forget Jake Strawn still floating around as well as a backup option. Yeah, huge. So, no, that's it's really, that, like we said, looking like they're putting, really putting a, a team together with a lot of depth. And, you know, obviously they've shown this year um, they can certainly win at home in in uh, in HBF Park in the Fortress, but um, yeah, they've got to start picking up some games on the road. And one thing that really helps with that is having some depth in your squad. So um, go a long yeah. way. I think next year, because obviously traveling from Perth is such a problem. I reckon they literally just put one team on the east coast and one on the <laughs> yeah. west coast and just run two sides. I reckon that's their their game plan. Never do the trip. It's genius. Yeah, the western but... force and the eastern force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Western Sydney, Western Sydney, Western Force. I like it. Um, that's that's a good move. But yeah, boys, let's jump into the main course, the quarterfinals, boys. How exciting is it getting to this point of the year? Playoffs. Less excited for Aussie fans, but we were a bit more excited a, a few weeks back, and that sort of had a bit of a dampener. But on Friday, the main event, the one everyone knows is is going to be the biggest upset of the season, and that's the Blues taking on the Waratahs. The biggest upset ever, the Blues actually going to beat the Waratahs. What do you reckon, boys? Who, who's missing in this one, Harry? Yeah, so I mentioned Paddy Tobolotu fractured his arm, season ending for him. So there's the second starting lock for them gone. Uh, for the Waratahs, though, Harry Johnson-Holmes gone with a syndesmosis injury. Jake Gordon gone with a Cat 1 concussion. You saw him when I went back and watched it. He was stumbling all over the joint after getting his head in the wrong side of a tackle. So he'll be out. Isaiah Parisi limped off with a hip pointer, which is essentially just a bruise on the bone, but often keeps him out for a week or two. I'd suggest knowing that it's the last game of the year, they're just going to give him all the painkillers, but who knows if he'll be able to actually get on the field. And then uh, Lange Gleeson uh, injured his shoulder and I think he's in some doubt as well. On the returning column, you got Bodie Barrett now confirmed. You know, they said he was going to be racing the clock after getting some stitches and a big gash in his heel a couple of weeks ago. But they said he's trained perfectly on Monday, so he's all good, um, which is a shame for Tars fans. And then uh, I think hopefully the big ins for the Tars will be Lalakai Fakedi coming back from his ankle injury, Jed Holloway from a thigh injury, not just a rest as well, and Dave Parecki, uh, you would expect back after just a rest week. Yep, fair enough. Uh, the last matchup uh, kind of says a lot, I think, unfortunately. Um, it was also in Auckland, and uh, the Blues ran away a little bit with that one, 55-21. to 21. Uh, I guess we could say the Tars sent a bit of a B team over there by that. A complete B team. You could definitely say that. Could you? Um, all yeah. right, well, they rested a whole bunch of players, but um, we are missing a whole bunch of players again this time, so there's a little bit of a similarity. It's not feeling great, okay. but... Um, it's um it, the team doesn't look worse than I think what we're going to turn up with. Uh, <laughs> it, it could be close though on, on par, but um, yeah, it was fifty five twenty one. That was a that was a bit of a disappointing moment for Waratahs as they started building towards the you know the back end of the season. But the Blues boys, we're we're speculating. You know, we we know Tua Poloto Tua is missing. Um, does that mean we see Suofua? and James Tucker in the locks as the, the lock partnership? 
I think so. I think the only other person we, we could see is uh, Tommy Robinson um, fill, fill the void there. But I think yeah. Suat Foa has, has he's been a, you know chosen all season, has been great, whether it's been yep. uh, it's been largely in the locks. So I think it's a no-brainer for him and James Tucker, who is the only remaining <laughs> ironed in stone lock. You, you'd yep. have to think about going that. Yep. Uh, in mm-hmm. the front row, um, I think they'll just stick with uh, what's working. Um, offer, yeah, Riccatelli and Laulala. So pretty hard to go past them. Uh, it's interesting about, you know, Kurt Eklund kind of falling out of favour and Riccatelli's just been great for them and he's <laughs> just signed on for another couple of years with the Blues. So clearly well-liked and, and getting the results from him. So I think that's pretty simple. The back row, um, Harry, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting surely Akira Ioane comes back. I don't know why they benched him for big source, considering he played like two games in a row, then had a rest, then played one game, then had a rest. Yeah, they said it was part of his personalised All Blacks resting plan, which yeah, I don't right. understand how coming off the bench yeah, he's resting. But no, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, anyway, that's good. That means he'll play Goldson Papali'i back in the seven jersey and Hoskins to Tutu playing at eight, I would think as well, surely. Harry, yeah. which team are you going for? You're saying Akira, it's good that Akira is playing. That's not good for the Waratahs. <laughs> I'm a rugby fan, mate. I'm not a yeah, Waratahs fan. On, well, I am, sorry, but I'm both. We're all Akira fans, mate. He's he's here in my photo. Check us out on YouTube if you're not watching the video already. Um, okay, we've got in the backs Finlay Christie, Bowden Barrett, so just an all-black halves pairing. Fantastic. Uh, in the centres, um, we'd be surprised if we didn't see Harry Plummer holding down that 12 jersey um, with a, a possible RTS on the bench or just no space. Um, and Rico, who had an absolute blind the last week. And Nels rounding out the back three. All right, mate. Who other than Clark and Talea on the wings? And we're saying Perifetta after his return back into the starting side or back onto the side uh, last week from his injury. So we think he'll come back in at that fullback jersey. Well, that is the first question I've got, guys. Should Zahn start, considering that he's been there the last half a dozen weeks, or do you just go para-franchise straight back in? Para-franchise straight in. Um, I don't know. I actually feel like Zahn's been pretty good, pretty rock solid. And I think finals footy as well, um, they really like that massive boot, uh, which has paid dividends the last few weeks. Like He's put some kicks through that no, no other player in that team can. And, um, and I they, scrape past, they scrape past the Highlanders. You, you've got to put uh, <laughs> para there. Yeah, I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I, I actually think that they'll start Sullivan and keep Perifetta coming off the bench. I hope you're right. Mm. I mean, Zahn Sullivan added zero in attack last week. Absolute zero. Um, so I, I do hope you're right. And looking at tackles, oh, zero tackles. So zero in attack, zero in defence last week. I think, just gonna... I think the nice thing is for the Blues here, they could probably rest a few players for the semi-finals. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if they do as well. If you're listening to the pod, Blues, you know, go yeah, ahead. Please, please. give us a chance. Guys, uh, the next one, Big Source, uh, obviously started at six, has not had much of a run at all, but obviously very highly valued in that side. Is there any chance that he starts? Or I think you might have answered this one already, Craigs. Yeah, I think, look, it's, I think it's at lock. If he, he could possibly start at lock, but I, I don't see him starting at six. I think he'll definitely feature in the 23. Um, but, I mean, the only thing to note about him is he is one of the fitter players in the team. So, uh, despite being, uh, you know, almost two metres tall and, and a heavy character, he smashes some of those... Uh, fitness, like he's close on some of those fitness records, but so he can definitely play the 80, but I think he'll come off the bench. Yeah, I don't think he's starting. Uh, so, I mean, he's not in the form and they've got enough players there that can do it. And, you know, Akira Yuan, he's a big game player. Uh, I think he'll step up in, in a match like this. So, no, I, I think it's pretty simple. You start Akira over Big Source. You haven't been starting Big Source all year. It's, yeah. it's not his time. 
Yep. Now, look, we touched on it. Um, no space for RTS. So, Roger Tuazashek, he did get included last week on the bench because of an injury to, well, because they didn't play Barrett. So, yeah. saw him come in. But clearly, you know, he signed, he's on his way out. He's, uh, there's no real point to, I, don't, I guess, to play him unless. Well, to win the comp would be the real point. But obviously, they've, <laughs> they've shown their cards, and that is that Plummer is their first choice. So, I don't think he's versatile enough to be on the bench. I don't see that. I think they see him as a, Wing option. Bryce Hames does too much better at too many positions than him. You'd have to think so. And they, they put him on for 14 minutes last week in a tight one against the Highlanders. If they had if they had faith and they were going to be starting him this week, they would have given him a little bit longer, yeah. I reckon. So Yeah, I agree. Your answer. Uh, guys, the other one I had was um, how big is the effect of losing Patrick Torpolotto? Because he's obviously a bit of a talisman in that side. He has been a captain in the past. Um, they played two games in rounds. I think it was 10 and 11 against uh, Fijian and Thrua where they got up in Fiji and turned a big uh, second half on to try and probably play the only bad half against the only bad half Fiji played over there. Uh, and then they they snuck past Moana 31 to 30 with a little bit of a B team uh, as well. I, I think that took a lot of it's a lot personally. Um, and it's probably the only opportunity area between him and Plummer. Um, in this side, what do you guys think? Um, I, I think I think he adds a lot. Uh, I think in the lineout, um, you know, I think they can cover him in the lineout. But when you've got Akira and Satutu on the field, you you know, like obviously he he provides great carries to Pilotu. But when you have Akira and Satutu, you're not you're not short on carries. So I'm not too worried with uh, with him when you have both Akira and Satutu on the field. Otherwise, I think he's a huge oh. loss. Yeah, I agree around the paddock. Maybe not as significant as we probably would think in terms of the lineout still function well without him. The scrum has as well. Mm. But um, his experience, his leadership, that sort of stuff is irreplaceable. And I don't think Akira brings that sort of stuff coming back into the starting side. And and someone like James Tucker, I don't think, has that same influence. So that's the thing. If if push comes to shove for them and it's a tight game, I think that's where you find he, he's going to be missing. But it's probably not the game they need to worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. guys on the Waratah side, we won't take quite so long on this one. Um, I've got Tetra Faulkner, Pareki, Archer, Holtz. Uh, the only question there is, does Leah Tinganga, uh, get, does he get a chance to start at tight head? Um, any thoughts there? No, look, I, I, I really liked Holtz in the past. Uh, I think he's got a, a big future ahead of him at the Tars. He's been that first choice. He's coming back, get him some minutes. Um, yeah. I, I, we haven't seen enough of Leah Tinganga. To, to say that he has to be the starter as well. You've, you've asked the question, can he play both? Can Leah Tugaga play both sides? And he, he can. Um, but no, I think Archer Holtz will definitely be starting for sure. i got Holloway Sinclair in the row with Hannigan on the bench. I just think Sinclair's been too solid for them and plays that role very, very well. Um, I, I would agree, but Hannigan had a blinder last week, I have to say, actually. Uh, he had a really, really good game. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Hannigan and Holloway well, Sinclair well, kind of... They're just like for like, and I just don't think they can play a whole team like that. Like, they need a point of difference, and I think, I think Sinclair is that that mm. point of difference. He plays a little bit... Uh, even okay. though he is another back row, he, he does play a little bit differently to the others. In the back row, I got Teleni Seal back at six, Michael Hooper and Lange Gleeson, six, seven, eight. Um, yeah. Obviously, that just puts, you know, who, who's going to be on the bench. But my my thinking is you probably go Hannigan and then maybe like a Will Harris. Or you could just go a Charlie Gamble maybe so you have someone that can play across seven as well. I uh, think, yeah. There is so much versatility. 
No, I think you have Gamble on the bench. I think he's, I've said it before, he's your Pete Samu. He can cover you six, seven, eight. Um, and then maybe you have someone like a Hannigan that can cover locks as well as, you know, someone transitioning into the back row if, if they need it as well. It covers everything. I got Teddy Wilson, Ben Donaldson at nine and 10. Um, Teddy, Teddy Wilson, obviously, being captain in the under 20s, he's back. Thank God. Um, Harry Goddard, I thought, was uh, pretty solid. But Teddy Wilson's been very good when he's been on. So I reckon they'll start him despite the young age, but we go either way. And then Ben Donaldson, obviously, going to be a bit of a tough call there with what they do with Tane Edmund as well. What do you reckon, Craigs? Um, I was going to say, I think Goddard for sure. I mean, Goddard's got that Coleman connection, right? He played for him the whole season over there in uh, for the Guillotini. So I, I yeah, think Goddard will be starting for sure. I think it's a tricky one. I, it, personally, I think I'd probably be picking Teddy Wilson, to be, to be honest. Um, I, I do really like Goddard as well. And yes, there's that connection, but I think DC wants to get the win. So whatever he thinks is best for the team. I guess it's do. what do you think the balance is, you know, who's better to start and who's better to, to bench, you know, like what, who's going to be making more of an impact later as well, if it is a line ball call. And, you know, I think Wilson has played a lot more bench role this year. Goddard's maybe a bit more level-headed to try and keep things calm at the start. So maybe that will be the deciding factor, but could definitely go either way. And Nels, what do you reckon yeah. about Tame versus Dono? Yeah, on the other question, I, I I think there's a real difficulty. This is the, one of the biggest questions of the week for me and across all the teams. Um, I mean, they, they brought Edmund on for very small minutes last week when things weren't going the way that we would have expected for the Tars and, and for Dono. But, look, he, he's improved through a few weeks. Um, he didn't have a cracker last week. Edmund is probably going to be our first choice next year. We've tried to give him 20 minutes the last couple of weeks. I, I think it's time for Edmund maybe to come back into start, mainly as well because of the issues we're having with, you know, Parisi might be missing. Noangani Dewasi had some real issues there at fullback. So we've got to find someone to cover it. So it becomes Marky Mark, uh, Donaldson, or Harry Wilson. Um, and I don't think it's Marky Mark. So there's a good chance Dono can, can shift back and we get Edmund there at 10. I think the only other question is going to be what's the, you know, what's the reloading plan for Tane Edmund around his stress fracture? I, I reckon they've brought him in pretty early and they're managing his minutes really hard because of the tight timeline they had to get him back on the field. So I think that's, that's a bit of an issue that they're managing as well. He's only had 20 minutes the last two weeks roughly. So they didn't really build his minutes last week. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Uh, the only thing I'd say is I, I like Edmed for um, when in doubt, someone who can just truck it up a lot more successfully than Ben Donaldson, I think. But um, I think that's a great point, Harry. I think they're managing his minutes. So let's push on to the back line. Fakedi, Walton, 12-13. Uh, and then the outside backs, probably Paige Parisi on the right wing again. Although I think it's, last week showed he, he really doesn't love the wing as much as he does outside centre. And uh, Mark Nwanganinawasi uh, at fullback again. I know um, they played Walton at 13 with Tuapalotu at 12. I, I think Tuapalotu offers a little bit more of that physicality uh, ball in hand like Parisi. So I, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I know it goes against what we've been seeing, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if we see Tuapalotu in that 13 jersey to, mm. to link up with Fakedi and, and run some hard balls off him. Yep, I like it. I actually love to see that. So I think it'd be good. Um, excellent. All right. Um, I think we've covered all the questions we've got for who would kind of cover things um, Wrap it up, boys. What's your tip? How many? Where's it going? I'll go first on this one. Blues. Uh, Blues are going to win this one. Unfortunately, I say that as I'm wearing my Tars jersey, but uh, Blues are going to win it. Uh, let's go by 10. Argy, if you're watching this video, you see Harry and I have a blue jersey behind us. That's Michael Hooper. 
You've got two blue jerseys behind you, and that's the Yuani brothers. So we all know who you're picking. I'm picking purely based on mind. This is all what I think will really happen. The Waratahs are going to somehow come good. You can almost hear it in my voice that I believe this. <laughs> Your voice has went up too. Really, we are going to win this one on the, the final play, and we're going to score a try. We're going to win by one point. More than likely, we will score a try in final play and we'll lose by 50. But I'll say we'll score a try and win by one. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like Nelson, I'm also going to be completely realistic and I'm going to say blues by 18. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more than that, let's be honest. Excellent. All right, let's push on. Three games on a Saturday, only one. We've only got that one on the Friday. Look forward to. First game, we've got uh, a rematch. The Chiefs and the Reds. The Reds, of course, the only team to beat the Chiefs this Super Rugby Pacific season. Can they do it again? But, uh, Harry, do you want to take us through injuries and returning for this game? Yeah, as you said, the last matchup, the Reds got up 22 to 25, was in New Zealand as well, but with the Reds B team. So the big question is going to be, will they roll them out again, right? But um, new injuries are going to be Alex Nankervell. He hurt his shoulder, looked pretty bad on the weekend. Lachlan McWannell with a leg injury and Lalamillo Lalamillo came off with an ankle injury as well, just as he looked like breaking through for a try. Josh Flute came off for a concussion, no confirmation either way if that's category one or two or if he has the ability to get back for this game yet. So watch that space. And returning Brad Webber and Josh Lord both surely due from concussions. Brad Josh Lord's been a while though since round 12, so a bit of uh, grey area around that one, see what's going to happen. Uh, and then there's a whole host of Chiefs players coming back from their All Blacks rest weeks, who I'm sure that we will get on to. Um, let's start with the Chiefs, Craigs. Mm. Um, the players that are coming back, who we got? Coming back, um, we already had Tupo Valley back, didn't we? So Brody Vitalik, Sam Kane, Luke Jacobson, mm. uh, Samasoni mm. Takiaho. Yeah. yeah. Just, just a couple of big names. <laughs> uh, maybe a couple of props. Ross and Dyer back in. Ross and Dyer. Yeah, just, yeah. just the entire forward pack. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just the entire forward pack. Yeah. Okay, Peter guys, Gus, here's the one that I've got um, as as tight calls. Peter Gus or Akula or Sam Penny Finnell at six? Um, and I, I, I think, oh, look, uh, Brumbies was the, the final real matchup and they had Peter Gus at six. Uh, I'll just lean towards that. So Peter Gus. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. Yeah, it's toss a coin for me, to be honest. I think Sam and Penny Finau has has brought more of a point of difference this year than Peter Gus has. Um, we, we've talked before about him out on the wing and um, in the outer channels, how he's been great there. But, I mean, even his try last week against the force, you know, he just ran a great line, knocked someone over and ran 20, 30 metres, died under the post. So, like, he's just really stepped up his physicality. So, I, I think we'll probably see Finau in the sixth year. I think he's kind of earned it. And then Sam Kane in the seven and Jacobson in the eight is probably what we'll see. I like it. Um, the next one I've got here is DMAC 10, surely, shooter at 15. Or is there any chance that they put DMAC to 15 and shuffle it all around, give Joshua one air run maybe? I don't think this is the game that they, they need to or really want to do that. I, I think uh, they have done that a little bit. Uh, is it against Kiwi teams and, and sort of, I know, games that they wanted to play a little bit stabler and tight and have, have DMAC out wide and you know, hitting the lines out wide, but I don't think this is the game that they really need to. He's been their guy throughout most of the year, their go-to player in that 10 jersey, and they don't need to find ways to get him involved out wide. They just need to get him touching the ball and controlling the match. So 
get them in tight, play them at 10. Right. And um, I've also got, you know, if Nankavell is out, obviously ALB, I think his preferred jersey is 12, but he can play both. Do they go Ramika Poi Hippie or Daniel Rona to compliment them? I think I think Poi Hippie, he slots straight back into 12 and uh, ALB goes at the 13. I would have said the opposite. I would have gone Daniel Rona all day long. The man has been on fire and ALB's best position is 12, I reckon. He, he has been. Um, yeah, look, I, what did they have last week? They had um, Nankerville and Leonard Brown. The week before, we didn't have Rona. Did we have Rona three weeks back? When was the last time we had him? I don't think I we had Rona. Just moving them around, to be honest. They, they, they yeah, all they, got Rona hasn't like, started the last three games at least. Yeah, I mean, look, Rona was filling filling a role. Um, he's, he's signed a full contract now with the Chiefs. So remember, he was not it didn't even have a contract all these games he was playing earlier in the season. Um, he's been unbelievable. I, I don't think any of that matters personally. I think he has been so good at outside centre. If ALB wants to play twelve, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, look, I think you're, you're potentially right, but it's been five games since he's had a start, so. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they've made it kind of clear that it, he, he did his role, did really, really well, and they were giving him some reduced minutes in the back end of the year and, and trying the, to lean more on ALB. The funny thing is in those five games, once ALB has partnered Boy Hippie and once ALB has partnered Rona. So really, I don't think the past performance has really shown <laughs> or past choices have really shown anything. No, I think I think I just think it's that Poi Hippie's been in and around the squad for a couple of years now, um, and so I, I, I would be surprised if it isn't a combo right. of Poi Hippie and Albert. This sounds like a bet. I like this. <laughs> we uh, no, we're putting a case on it. Um, um, not your case, uh, Alanikins, mate. I don't get with you anymore. Uh, okay, guys, where are the Chiefs' weaknesses? Is there anywhere for the Reds to attack? I've got one. Their biggest hope, the Reds is absolute complacency by the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with a, we could have seen that last week, but we, uh, against the force, but we didn't. We, you know, they they ran out 11 different people and uh, they just took That's, it to another. another that was one. the complacency, mate. If they yeah. ran out their A team, you should have seen what was going to happen. That's true. Um, no, look, I mean, I think it's not really a weakness. The only thing I guess I can say is the Reds, I don't the Reds have the best line out in the competition, something like a almost 90% success rate on their own throw. I think I said a pretty good line out, but I think the Chiefs have a pretty good line out as well. I don't, I don't think the Reds get a, you yeah. know, a big uptick in that, in that category. I don't, look, I'm struggling. I was, I was, I was struggling to find, find a weakness of the Chiefs. Uh, and that is why they're the top of the table, but I'll answer it in this matchup. I don't mm. think they have weaknesses. I, I can't really think of a clear standout weakness. So you, you I mean, know what else? I think the only thing we can say is how did the Reds beat them last time? And it, and that was very simple. That was line speed and physicality. They won both of those in a measure I haven't seen in in quite a long time. Like it was an unbelievable yeah. performance from the Reds, but they just gave the Chiefs absolutely no time or space, and were absolutely smashing them all over the park. So if they can come out the same way, um, you know, they might unsettle them for a little bit, but I can't see them, you know. Winning. Yeah, I look. I, I like it. It's a good point. The one thing I would add is it's the scary thing about the Chiefs is in the last few weeks they've decided that they just don't concede tries anymore. Like their defense has all of a sudden just gotten as good as the rest of their game. Like that yeah. game against the Brumbies, the Brumbies spent so much time in their line. The Chiefs' line D was outrageous. Like that was the game I went, ah, oh, these guys are going to win the comp. Like they're just untouchable at the moment. They're just way too good. So. What was- I, 
I don't think any weaknesses. I was going to say, even last week against the Force, at the start of the game, the Force had all the ball or whatever for yeah. a really long time. And I think the Chiefs had doubled the amount of tackles, like 180 to 90 mm. tackles or something, and yet they'd only missed three, and the Force had missed about... 18 know, or something. Yeah, or something. You know, it was crazy. So yeah. I think that's spot on, Harry. The Reds, guys, um, first of all, as I touched on, it is a completely different team that went over to New Zealand, or it will be, than uh, what upset them. It would be freaking hilarious if they rolled out the exact same team that actually got it done and then just loaded all their stars on the bench. That would be fantastic, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, first question here for me is the type five, the front five, I'm, I'm pretty worried about them for the Reds. I think they've been the weakest scrum piece, uh, set piece team in the entire comp against the Chiefs who have been the best in the entire comp up there with probably the, I'd probably say the Highlanders are the other one. Um, guys, for the front row, what the Chiefs, the Reds did say for a few weeks is that they started playing George Blake, Richie Asiata and Sefa Agassi together to start the game. And then 35 minutes in, they were subbing them off and bringing on your, your Fazla Nongo and either Rabbi or Xander or something like that for your, your, I guess, your more experienced, more versatile play. Is there a chance that they do that in this game? They haven't done it for a few weeks, but is this the game where they go, no, we want our scrummaging front row to start the game? I think so, to be honest. Like, they got absolutely demolished. The The flip side of what you're saying is the, the other boys got absolutely demol- demolished by Fiji last week. Yeah. So you're not putting those three on the paddock. They've, they've done it a few times where they've gone, let's get our better scrummages, which sadly have been demolished through different parts of the year as well, on the starting side. And then we can bring on, you know, our, our players to play bulk minutes, they're going to play the same amount of minutes, but they're going to do it when, you know, there's already a bit of fatigue against them. So I think that's a good way to do it. And I think it makes sense. And it feels like something Thorny would do. And I think Xander's probably the only one there that maybe could slide in with George instead of George Blake. Like, I just don't know that I have the confidence in Blake to the, the same degree as Richie Asiata and Seth Agassi in that front row. I just don't know if I've got faith in Xander at the moment yeah. either. I, I mean, games. I'll be honest. Like when they when they said that George Blake, Asiata, and Fargasi is their best scrummaging front row. I mean, that's not who I would have picked as their their best scrummaging front row to begin with. So I don't think they even know who their best scrummaging front row. And oh, I, mate, I think that we all know that you don't care about scrummaging at all in your front row. <laughs> that's true. Well, look, I don't care. I'm not interested in the front row here unless Tupo's in it, and uh, he's not playing. So um, what can we what can we do? He never will. No, the other one, I, the other one I have here is Fluke's concussion. I think throws a spanner in the entire back line and how they go about it. Because obviously they could keep James O'Connor at 12 and then move Hunter to 13. Sorry, James O'Connor at 10, move Hunter out to 13 and then find, you know, like a Lawson Crichton at 12. Equally, they could keep Jock, move Jock back to 12. They could put a, a liner or a Crichton at 10, move Hunter out to 13. Like how they how do they get around this? The smoky here for me is Dungunu had a blinder at outside centre against the Chiefs in that big upset win, which would bring Mac really onto the wing as well. Is that a chance? What are we going to see? This this is actually a really quite a tough call. Um, no Pattaya throws this fan in the works as you're bringing in someone like really, as you said, very inexperienced onto the wing, quite small um, up against some pretty you know flashy, good quality wingers for the Chiefs. The, the other one we haven't seen for a while, and I, I think it's probably been too long, and I don't know if he's injured still, but I don't think he is. Isaac Henry. He's he has been injured, name. yeah. He, he has been injured. He hasn't been fit. he was. I don't he know still if he's still is. Oh, up to last week he was. I don't know, since Saturday. Hmm. 
Look, I, I, James O'Connor, I think, has done really well for them in the 12 jersey. Um, haven't been thrilled with Crichton at 10, but they've been consistently picking him over um, a liner. So, I mean, that's probably what we see. Um, and, and then we see um, Paisami out at 13, unless they've literally gone, it worked for us last time, let's just mess shit up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Storm just going, man, I'm just going to throw everything I can at this game. I'm going to start, you know, props out on the wings. I'm going to start a hooker at fullback. Let's, let's just see what we can do here and try to do something a bit different, but who knows? Brad Thorne's actually going to start at number eight. Um, No, no, I, <laughs> I agree. I, I think we'll see uh, James O'Connor at 12, Hunter at 13, and we'll see one of the other the young 10s at uh, 10. Uh, Dalgunu on the wing. Um, that's I think that's the most likely thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I think it'll be Lawson Brighton, as Nelson said. It has been preferred more recently, and he's also a little more experienced Mm-hmm. Uh, just the significance of the game. I think it'll probably weigh in his favour. Um, guys, what about Siru Iru? Is it just chuck him in at six with no Liam Wright or is there a chance you see him in the row? No, I uh, think you chuck him at six. Look, I think I think right, right, uh, Smith and uh, Life have uh, have been good. They're, you know, they're workmen. They work hard. Didn't uh, Smith score a bag himself a try last week? Um, and if there's no right, then Uru goes to six for mine. Uh, look, I mean, that's it. Uru's uh, a six and plays more like a six. They've got the two guys <clears> that can fill their lock roles. Um, Uru goes missing. I, I, I don't think he's as physical in, in the locks and he doesn't really have his loose, open, expansive play. So you lose a lot of Uru when you put him in the locks. So it makes sense you throw him in at six. All right, guys. You know, I was going to ask the question, same as the task, can the Reds pull, you know, bounce back from the horrendous showing they put out last week? But I'll throw it straight ahead to the tip. What do you guys think is going to happen? I think the uh, Chiefs, yeah, Craigs. Yep. Uh, well, Chiefs are going to win. Uh, Chiefs are going to win convincingly. And um, they've talked about momentum. Uh, and they're just going to keep building the momentum towards probably winning Super Rugby Pacific this year. They've just been a cut above the rest for mine. So I'm going to say Chiefs are going to win this game. Probably about 20 points. 19 yeah, and a half the line, mate. That is cheeky. That is very cheeky. There you go, mate. See, I don't even look at these things. I just spot on, mate. All right. Uh, I'm uh, I'm concerned that this is going to be one of the historic worst weeks ever for Australian Ooh. rugby, including the Tars and the Reds. Didn't you tip um, the Tars, though? Man, I, I fucking lied. I didn't really tip the <laughs> Tars. Um, uh, the Reds are going to lose this. This is generous. The Reds are going to lose this by 23. Yeah, I I think it could actually blow out worse. I've got them by 26, and I could be unders, I reckon. <laughs> I think it could be 40-odd points. And I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's 30-odd plus easily if not more for the, against the Tars as well. But let's back the blind, boys. Back the blind. This isn't gambling advice. I'm pretty sure we're meant to say I've that. Already, Harry, I already backed both of them. There was an eight and a half point line for both. I banked them, backed them both to get spanked at the start right. of the week. Enough, enough chat about all the money that both of you lose. On to the next game, the third of the fourth quarterfinals. We've got the Crusaders taking on the Drua in Christchurch. Um Injuries to report on this one. We've got Miss Drummond was Im- uh, injured in the warm-up and was pulled from the game, which saw a very young uh, Louis, what was his name? Louis something or other started uh, for yeah, the Pacific. Yeah, Louis something or other. 
Yeah, so that's just incredibly disrespectful. So, uh, but he, uh, look, he, the twenty, I think he's twenty-two or something. He certainly held his own. Didn't look out of place. He was very, very good. But um, we don't know if Mitch Drummond will be back or not, or what. Louis Chapman. Louis Chapman. Yeah, there you go. Shout out, Louis. Um, uh, yeah, we don't know if Drummond will be back or not, but you know, you'd expect um, if he's available, he'll be starting. Uh, and for the Drewer, we had Leone Rotosolia uh, was subbed at half time. Don't know if we got any more details on that, but. Um, we think that was for an injury reason. And Yosefo Masi did an MCL. Um, so we'll not be seeing him you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. He he um he looked pretty uncomfortable, tried to play on and just wasn't able to. So, you know, we obviously hope that he's going to be fit because he's such a such a good player, such an impactful player for them. I guess the like for like is they've got Apostolomi Botta, who if he can get into a bit of form, is a fantastic player in his own right, but would be a huge out. Uh, the Crusaders, you would think uh, Ethan Blackout has pretty much been cleared, I believe, for this week for his calf, finally. And uh, the other big one for them is what they're going to do around the front row. And Ollie Jaeger has missed a couple of the last couple of weeks. He had an, a big in, cut on his knee that got infected. Um, so he's been very unwell with that. So I, I actually think it's a pretty big ask for him to get back after two weeks. It could cost him a bit longer. He might be out for a week or two yet, but... You know, you never know how quickly these things bounce back. Maybe it wasn't too severe, um, never great, but um, he, he's a potential win as well. Yep, and no one else really returning for the Drua, uh, except, as you said, Vota. We haven't seen a lot of him. He hasn't been injured, but just we might see him come in. So um, last matchup to this one is worth pointing out. Uh, it was in Fiji. I think that game was in La Toka. The uh, Crusaders won by one point. Nope, nope, not the home match. The home team won Fiji in Drua. How good's my Major scalp of the season against the Crusaders. I love, uh, I love that our net said Drua, but Kagi just immediately went, that can't be right. <laughs> no, I, well, I, it, the way it says in the notes is that it's Crusaders versus Drua. So, oh, wow, I did. Okay, I got it wrong. You're right. Sorry, I'll take it back. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's right. That was the f- that was the first home game, and that was the first big scalp that they took. You're right, uh, March 11th. Um, and how good was that? So, uh, when the Drua know it's certainly know it's possible. Um, they won't have their 16th man there, the uh, the home crowd. But um, yeah, it'll be an interesting interesting one. So look, getting into the- I think the big one here, guys, is that it's a completely different Crusaders team. That was at the start of the year where they were shorter of everyone. There's only I think it's six players in the first 15 that were there last last time they played. Tamity Williams, Dog Roll, Barrett, Sam Whitelock, Tom Christie, and Braden Ennell. Every other player will be different. Like it is chalk and cheese to the team that they managed to sneak past. Mm. So I mean it's a big ask to change that. And I, I think the biggest one here was the probably the the bloke with the most to gain from the Crusaders is probably Jack Goodhue for me. Yep. You know, he he hasn't been so important to this side for about three years, I don't reckon. Um, since David Avili basically shifted to inside centre and made the position his own. His role at 12 in these next three weeks, he could get himself back in the All Blacks conversation. It's that important for him. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's massive. Uh, David Avili came in from fullback and we just went, this guy's there just mining the jersey for good Hugh, even though he was an amazing fullback. Will Jordan comes in, Avili just evolved his game significantly well at that 12. And we haven't seen a lot of good Hugh, but good Hugh... Phenomenal defender. Uh, he's good with ball in hand. We haven't seen the best of him in the last couple of years. And I, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a rise, hopefully, in him because he's got a lot of footy left in those legs. Another man who 
seemingly has a lot of footy left in his legs is John R. Fowler. Mm. Um, he, he's not allowed to play finals. Finals is that is that right? Because he signed on so late. I thought all he had to do was play one game. But um, how does this work out, boys? Uh, did you write that in, Harry? I, I I was the same as Nelson. I thought he could play if he's um. He can't. No, no. I think I think he signed too late in the season, so he's not allowed to. Um, yeah. I think it was potentially the same with. No, I'm not sure about the the force guys, but yeah, Jonathan cannot play. So I mean, obviously, Oli Yeager becomes even more important because if Kershaw Sykes Martin's at loose head, and that means Tamati Williams is stuck by himself as the only real. Ex- he's not really experienced, but experienced tight head. It's um. It's a it's a big drop down for them, and particularly with how good the draw scrums come along. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, I just want to say about John Afar. I think last week was his four hundred ninety seventh first class rugby game. So Devo that he's not going to get another two, but I think he will because he signed on with the Bay of Plenty for an NPC season. So he's he's going to get that get there eventually. But um, imagine he could have played finals in his five hundredth <laughs> yeah. game, top class game was. Was in the grand final. Oh, uh, mate, how good. Um, but no, look, I think you're right. Look, there's certainly uh, they're scraping the barrel for depth, but they did get Ruben O'Neill from the Chiefs, who, whilst he's a youngster, is, um, you know, certainly a, quite a good prop. So, um, yeah, they've got the likes of Seb Calder, um, Ruben O'Neill. Uh, who else have they got? I don't know, but it just means t- 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 there's a lot on Tarmody's shoulders. You know what I mean? Um, so he's, he's played a hell of a lot of minutes this season. Um and, I mean, I he's mean, had a rest at the back end of the year, thankfully. He has exactly. So, um, didn't he just go to the bench once? It wasn't, didn't he? No, 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 no. When two weeks ago, John O'Fallon's first game, they dumped him out of the twenty-three completely. Um, guys, we'll keep pushing on though. Blackadder should be back. That pushes surely Scott Barrett back into the locks. Quinton mm. Strange back onto the bench. I think that's a much better balance for the side, and it means you know, no matter what, in my eyes, Christian Leo Willie stays in the back row. Yep, Leo Willie at eight. Tom Christie at seven, and that's a great balance there with Blackadder, you're right. Um, and that leaves probably uh, uh, Strange on the bench, Sione Havili as well, I'd say. Um, yeah, unless we, we could possibly see Sione Havili start ahead of Leo Willie, that's possible, but um, I, I don't think so. So I mean, yeah, you could for the experience factor alone, but I, I, I think off what we've seen recently, Leo Willie's the guy that they, they're putting in that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Noah Hotham, he didn't play the last couple of weeks with the New Zealand under-20s playing Australia. Um, we had Drummond pulled last week, which we've already touched on. We have no idea. Willie Hines, Harry, do you know anything about Willie Hines' availability or has he just not been in and around it? Well, no, he was injured, you know, weeks and weeks ago, but literally nothing's been said about him for a long time. He injured his calf in the warm-up for round 10, so what's that now? Six, six or seven weeks. I think he's actually surely a good chance, unless it was one of the most massive calf tears going around. So yeah, I, th- I think he's a possibility based off that timeline alone. But you know, they obviously didn't play him last week, so he mustn't have been available. And Noah Hotham, you know, was playing under twenties last week, so I reckon he'll just slide back in at starting nine if uh, if they need him to. Yeah, William Hines, he's an old man, mate. Thirty-six injuries take a little bit longer to come back from, but uh, you know, if, if he's if he's half if he's half a chance, mate, he'll he'll be frothing to be back there. Um, Dallas McLeod, uh, we think he's still going to lock down that fourteen jersey. Um, I'm, still, I'm still not convinced by him, to be honest. Like I've liked him, I think he's had a really really good year, but I'm not convinced by him as a winger. I think he's a stopgap solution for them. I think Macca Spring has probably been a far better. 
pure winger for them. And that's where I would go um, if I can't pick, settle down, Milani, Nanai. But I'm assuming that's not on the cards for them. Um, Maybe I, I they've been saving him for the finals all year. They've just been saving up, settle down. <laughs> He's been rested. He's on his own All Blacks resting protocol, similar to Kiri Yuani. He's only got 240 minutes in him for the season, so he's going to spread it out over these next three weeks. Exactly. But no, look, I think Springer as well. He he was off with the under-20s, was he not? Um, for me, uh, he is a player that has had a crack there for them and, and finished really well when he's had that shot. Um, McLeod, I'm a big fan. I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think he's a winger. But he's a very, very good player, um, and he, he'd be a very, very good player to, for them to have on the bench, covering centers and wing. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, well, let's talk about the Drua. Uh, Guys, this but- is this is one of my big talking points for the week. Mm-hmm. Masaki, oh, yeah. apart from having a fun name to say, he has been a revelation for the Fijian and Drua since coming back through. Obviously, injured to start the year, one of the experienced tight heads they brought back. I think the the scrum for the Drua has completely changed since he came back into this side. Now, I'm conscious of the fact that the team that he destroyed last week were the Reds, who have been by far and away the worst scrum in the competition. But the last two weeks, he has been exceptional. And if there's one weakness in this Crusader side, it's if Oleg is not playing and they're having to field a very young prop um, in Kershaw, Sykes, Martin. This this is an opportunity, isn't it? You'd have to think so. Yeah, I, I think he it is a funny one. He's come straight back in two weeks in a row now and looked very, very good. And, geez, it was one of the clearest dominant scrum performance I have seen in many years, I think, because as soon as he walked off that field, the next scrum, the Reds drove, without changing their props, significantly drove the, the Drua scrum back. So he, he is a massive part of the scrum for them, and it's something that, you know, the set piece is going to be humongous for this battle. If they're going to stay in this match, and we know they can play loose. We know they can be destructive ball in hand, but they need to have possession and be able to hold possession throughout a match. And if you can't win your scrums, you're not going to be doing it. So he could be a very pivotal player for them this week. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think it can have area, I would argue, the most pivotal. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, I don't think there's a team other than perhaps the Brumbies, uh, more more so than the Crusaders, where the importance of, of locking down your set piece is just paramount. Um, I think they've showed it in a few games, particularly the one that stands out for me was the Crusaders' uh, domination of the force, where they just got a penalty at every scrum, kicked for touch, a few rolling mall tries. I think that's the game Brody McAllister got three rolling mall tries, just tore the, systematically tore them apart through the set piece. Um, so it, that's going to be, yeah, paramount for the Drua. Um, Here's my second one, guys. Hmm. Uh, I don't think there's a second lock, really, to partner Nasila Silla. Now, I, I know they do have a couple of other locks in their squad that have been filling in, but there's there's no one that's the obvious starting lock that will do a great job. I think Friki and Devetta has been out for a couple of weeks now. We think Ratui Salia is injured as well. Um, I think they had Waka, the, the really young bloke, come through. Can I cut in here? I was going to say, I've got an answer for you, and it's Tony Waka, man. He had a river uh, last week. Do you see that try he scored? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He did it reaching out for the line. I thought he was very good, but here's why I don't think it should be him and why I would put him on the bench. I think Joe Tamani Shoney can play anywhere and he's great no matter what he does. I put him at five, and then that allows me to play 
Obviously, we're playing the White Shark and we're playing uh, Velive Miramira that I've shown is their first choice open side at the moment. But Gideoni yeah. Salawa has been exceptional in the first half of the season. I believe he's fit and just not been selected. And Elia Tanakaibata as well was absolutely unbelievable when he was starting. You would surely put one of those two in, you know, Salawa at seven, moving Miramira to six, or uh, Tanakaibata at blindside. And then that way you have the dynamism that the team, you know, obviously thrives off. And then you can bring Waka as the young lot coming through later in the game. I mean, 100%. I, 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 yeah, sorry. You guys. No problem, sorry. I, I said this about five or six weeks ago, and they hadn't done it to that point. I, For some reason, I thought they had, and they hadn't done it to that point. It was just me and Kagi on the pod. And that week, they started him at lock, and he did well at lock. He, I know he's not big, and he's not necessarily tall enough to, to be an international lock, but the way Fiji play, you know, the fact that the, the scrum is pretty strong at the moment, I think they can definitely do it. And they gained so much around the paddock by having the Salawa, Miramira, 6-7 for, for me. And then Tanaka Vata can come off the bench. And, and as you said, uh, Waka uh, or Wanga can come off the bench as well. And you've got a very good uh, forward pack there. We've got to remember as well, Miramira and Darren Alangi are both 192 centimetres tall. Like, they can move on for the line out. I was about to say, they don't actually lose anything in terms of the line-out because particularly if, if you did have Darren Alangi, um, uh, Miramira and Salawa, even Salawa's quite tall, you know what I mean? They, they all are fantastic at the line-out. So, uh, Harry, guess how tall Salawa is? Salawa, uh, uh, 191. We've said this before, they're all the same bloody mould. They're all, you know, <laughs> tall enough to jump. They could probably cover lock if you need, but they're phenomenal mm. around the paddock. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a case of um, since it that probably doesn't matter, get your best players on the field and then um, bring your reinforcements in. Um, I've convinced you, have I, Craig's? You've convinced me. You've sold me. Yep. Uh, you, uh, you jumped. You jumped on board when you saw it that one time, didn't you, Craig's? I thought you said the next pod you like he could do it. Yeah. I did. I did. I do. You've. You've. Uh, I. I remember that now. But uh, guys, next one. Uh, hmm. The role of Caleb Munson and Teddy Teller. Uh, obviously, they said picking them both last week, their reasoning to move Revovo off to the wing was that they liked having the dual kicking options of the two of them. And then they were able to obviously try and play in the right side of the park. Is that something that they have to pursue in this game, particularly, you know, obviously they, they might end up with Vota at outside centre as well, or can they just not afford to take that much kind of attacking firepower off their centre pairing? I think you can't afford to take Revovo out of the 12 jersey. Like, don't okay. get me wrong, he had a great game at, at, at wing, but I just think he's been pivotal, uh, pivotal at uh, in the 12 jersey. Um, and, yeah, I just think they have, you know, plenty of players to play out wide. Uh, and I think we're going to kind of lead into it with um, Joe Ossessi and uh, Ravitamunda. But uh, I, I think you've got to play Revav out 12. I, I, I think you've got to pick one of the two 10s to play 10. Um yeah. And yeah, you're not going to be doing all that much crossfield kicking against the Crusaders, so I don't know. I mean, for, for the matter of this match and the draw at the moment is get your best players in the paddock, and it's not those two guys on there together. Mm. If you can have Vodder cover the centres with over, is that amazing last year? You know, we're we're already sliding into Robert Tamanda at, at fullback with Ndrosetsi. Um, maybe you have a, a Ronnie Sao on one wing. Um, you you have a a really really strong back line right across the field that are all offer threats and they're going to need to be able to score points in this match. And it's not, you know, yes, they, they need to be able to play the right side of the field, 
but also, you know, an aimless kick here or there. And they've all, all of a sudden, you know, had a try or two scored against them. The Crusaders know how to score from anywhere as well. So they need to be able to secure their ball and they need to be able to thread and ball in hand, be smart when they kick. But this is not a game where they need to kick nonstop. That's not necessarily how it has to happen. So I, I think you need to have your runners. Yeah, uh, very good point. I, I agree with all of the above. And the other thing I was thinking was Frank Lamani has been doing a lot of box kicking. So they talked a lot about having those two guys on as kicking options, and then Lamani just kicks off the base anyway. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's actually that necessary. Guys, Mate, before we get to the tip. I was going to say on, on Lamani. Lamani kicks off the base. I mean, Munts missed, I think, three kicks, and then Lamani took over the goal-kicking duty. Lamani just put, puts the whole team on his shoulders. You know what I mean? He, he, does, does, yeah. he does everything. But, Before uh, we do the tips, guys, I can't believe we've gone through a Crusaders games and not mentioned Richie Moonga or Will Jordan. Yeah, what, is, what, what is happened? Going? I think, well, it's just a sheer knowledge. Know how, that, we just know how. And, I mean, we haven't mentioned... Another name, Harry, maybe on a wing, could be leaving, could be hugely dominant. Ah, uh, mate, then he's not the same as those two. Come on. All right. Let's, how dare let's, you, mate? Leicester, Fyinga, Nuku, mate, the yeah, most that dominant is, force. That is three absolute stars. Anyway, the point is they've got a lot of good players. And that takes us to the tip, guys. Uh, I'll go first on this one. And surprisingly, I'm going to go with the Crusaders. Um, I think they're going to get it done. I think the Indrua might just get blown off the park. This is when the Crusaders machine just turns it on and they just start to blow teams away. Um, the line's 21 and a half. I think that's actually probably pretty close to thereabouts. I might go Crusaders just to beat the line at 22. I I want to go the other way. I, I, I just, off the back of um, a little bit of sloppiness from Crusaders last week, uh, they started a little bit sloppy throughout the year. I don't think it's still the same well-oiled machine, but they have enough to easily get it done. Um, but the Drew are going to turn up and, and grow an extra couple of inches. So I'm going to say it'll be a little bit tighter than the line and the Crusaders will probably get done by 17. Very good. I'm going to say Crusaders by 15. Very good. Last game of the week, fellas, we got the Brumbies versus the Hurricanes in Canberra. As I said before, Nelson and I hopefully will be over there, but we'll see how we go. Um, the only injury, new injury for this one was Duplessis Karifi was pulled pre-game, so we don't know his whereabouts and what's going to happen with him. Um, but obviously the Brumbies have a few players coming back. They've rested Noel Alessio, so he should be straight back into the starting side. And Pete Samu was on the bench last week, I think just for a rotation and a rest as well, which is going to bring up a big selection headache for them. The last time they played, it was 32-27 to 27 in New Zealand. The Hurricanes got it done. Um, the Brumbies were really disappointing in this game. This is probably the start of the turn of their season. Sorry? Read what's written down there. What they were, they were junk. There? They were junk without Ikatau, Tom Hooper, Jerome Brown, and Noss Lonigan. Like, they were. like I, This is a game I thought, you know, the Hurricanes weren't playing as well as they are now, and I thought this is where they could just absolutely get it done, and they just didn't at all. Um, the Hurricanes controlled the game pretty well, and it was really, really disappointing. So, yeah, I, I think this is the start of the turn of their season. It's going to be a big one to turn around. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right, to be honest. This was one of the ones where they, they played a weaker team, heading them, sending them over to the, the Canes. And I think it was the beginning of what is looking like potentially the end, sadly, for, for the Brumbies. They're not the same team that, you know, we saw midway through the season going, these guys are going to challenge every, absolutely anyone. For the um, record, it wasn't really a weaker team. <laughs> it wasn't they, that much. They rested Ikatau and they rotated Lonigan. It wasn't really a weaker team. 
Nah, there was. I think there was a few more. Surely than there that. They, didn't have, they didn't have Tom Hooper back yet. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a big one as well. But sorry, yeah, I, I did catch you off. Go on, else. Um, yeah, no, I I think that it is it is something that the Brumbies are, are not really clicking like they had throughout a lot of the season. They they were really going in the right direction. I think they can turn it around. Um, and I think being at home is the saving grace for them in this one because in New Zealand, having to do the flight over there, I think it would be quite tricky for them. Um, so uh, it, it's a very good thing it is in Canberra. Yep. Yeah. What do you, What do you reckon the front row looks like, boys? You know, I, I think Slips will be will be fit. Noslon again if he's around. We don't really know if he's fit or just been rotated and rested. Uh, and then tight hit. Um, who you got? Van Neck, Sasefo, Kaltai. Who do you think it'll be? I, I think Van Neck. I think earlier, a little bit earlier on in the year, he was the guy that got that start over Kaltai. So for me, I think it's probably him. He's had some good outings there for them. Um, I know Kaltai started there uh, last week, but I think Van Neck returning. I think from potentially he's returned from an injury. I think was he out for a little bit as well? Um, and he's no. he's worked his way back in. I think so. Well, no, it's, toss a coin for, it's, it's toss a flip a coin for me out of those two. Um, I think Van Neck perhaps is the better scrummager. Um, Kautai maybe offers a bit more, you know, dyna- dynamic uh, carrying things around the field. But um, I don't know. It depends. If, if you probably just want to lock down the scrum, I'd go with Van Neck. Um, but yeah, moving on to lock selections. Look, with Caden Neville back last week, we've I think you just run out Caden Neville and Nick Frost. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. And then it does bring out, as Harry alluded to earlier, the selection headaches. Um, Tom Hooper has been absolutely fantastic. He's one that we really, really like. How do you accommodate him? If you if you want to slot him in at six, um, then you're going to probably run out, what, Jerome Brown and Valentini, uh, which means you've got Samu on the bench. Do you, no, do you chuck I, Pistol Pete in at seven? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's And I said this to Harry a month ago before Hooper was starting. It's Tom Hooper at six, it's Pete Samu at seven, and it's Valentini at eight. That is the mix they need. That is everything they need around the paddock. You have someone like Brown covering off the bench as well, um, and Samu and all the other boys can move around. To, and is this, me, this is the same logic of best best players on field? That's what we're going for. Best players, best combination. But also, terms, Pete Samu yeah. can play seven. Let's be honest; like he's 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 done it at an international level before. Yeah, he he is a very good back row that can play across the whole back row. And God, it would just be insanity to me if he was sitting on the bench and Jerome Brown was in a starting jersey in a back row. Like it doesn't matter which jersey they're going for, Pete Summer gets it. I, I agree. Pete Summer has to be in the paddock. But for for me it's Jerome <laughs> Brown versus Tom Hooper. Hooper is making yeah. more tackles. He is pivotal in the line out. His work rate is I reckon he's probably hitting rucks more, the bloke is, you know, doing so much around the field. I, I think he has to be the one. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Noel Lolaseo straight back to start. Like Deb's had a good game last week, but I think that's a, again no brainer. Yeah. Um, and then look, Sapsford also had a good week at twelve uh, last week. Um, but for mine, their best centre pairing, their number one centre pairing is Tamati Tua and Ikitao. Um You I disagree, think, Harry? Yeah. I look, I, I was singing the praises of Tamati Tua halfway through the season. I think he's had a very quiet back half. And I think Ollie Sapsford's really grown. So I actually would be surprised if it wasn't Sapsford at inside centre at Katow at 13. I just think that's the form bearing. Nels, what about you? Sadly, I think Harry Harry makes sense. I I have liked um, Sapsford growing into into that role, throwing an offload, getting hands free. I do like Tomati Tua. I wouldn't be upset either way, um, but on form. Sadly... 
Harry makes sense for once. Very good. All right. Um, Harry, building on that sense-making, um, what can the Brummies learn from the Crusaders' loss to the Canes last week? <laughs> you just wanted me to read my note. My <laughs> note was, uh, don't play shit. <laughs> insightful. <laughs> this is this is the type of insightful commentary you can expect from the Draft Rugby Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, no, well, I, look, I don't think you can learn much from it because in the end, the Crusaders were dominating the first half. And in the second half, the Hurricanes had 82% territory, 62% of the ball. And I just don't think the Brumbies would ever let that happen. Their set piece is too strong. They're too well drilled. They're not going to actually concede penalties and knock the ball on that much. If they just work on their exits, Nick White kicks long and Noel Alessio plugs the the ball around a little bit. You know, I, I just... I just can't see that happening. That is an extraordinary amount of territory that I just don't think will happen twice. Yep, I'm inclined to agree with you. And I think the only other lesson, I mean, it's not really just to do with that game, but I think it's that uh, you got to take every up, you got to take the points and you got to take every opportunity. I think the Crusaders would be ruining that they had two missed opportunities there with Lester Fyanganuku dropping a pretty easy to catch ball as he fell over the try line from a kick and uh, Christian Leo Willey on the back of a rolling mall getting kind of held up when he really should have just broken off and scored the try. So I think those missed opportunities really hurt them. Um, and they did just fall apart in the second half. So uh, yeah, you got to, you got to put some scoreboard pressure on against the Canes and you just got to play for 80. And I agree with you. I think I can't see the Brumbies falling off like that. So uh, Nels Brumbies mall. Where's it been? Oh, mate, it's, it's a tough question. I, I, I think there's probably been, you know, an, an evolution in the def- ways of defending them, I think, throughout the, the recent years. But I, I just don't think they're necessarily uh, gelling as well. I, I mean, and numerous times throughout this se- season, we're not seeing the ball get to the back of the driving ball. We're seeing flankers holding it in tight. And then when it goes down, instead of being able to break off off the back, it's your your flanker getting caught in tight and, and the collapse more. I, they don't seem as cohesive in terms of, you know, what the plan is moving forward, uh, a cohesive, well-drilled uh, mall is exactly what we think they are, but that's not someone getting stuck with the ball with two blokes behind them. So uh, I, I don't think it's, you know, panic stations for their, their mall, but I, I do think there's little things like that that have to be ironed out because if you've got one chance to do it and you're getting caught in there when you could have someone, you know, like Noslonigan breaking off the back, I think that could be pretty pretty detrimental to your outcome. They're Is just it? trying to throw way too many variations. They just need to go, all right, all those trick plays we've played all year, be in all of those, and let's <laughs> just practice just the normal rolling ball for the week. And if we score two tries off of that, we'll probably win the game. Like, That's it's, it's that easy, isn't it? 100%. Is this just Coach Stephen Larkin being like, mate, give the, boy to the, give the ball to the backs, boys? Uh, I think probably. so, yeah. So Very good. All right, well, let's talk about Hurricanes. Um, Asafa Mua. Um, if he is uh, available and back like he from an injury, I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago was his neck, but he played not last week, the week before. Um, I think he can only play if uh, if he's learned to throw a line out. To be honest with you, uh, I think I think they lost an ins- insane amount of lineouts when he played two weeks ago. He just could not throw it straight. Um, but he obviously, other than that, offers a hell of a lot around the field. So I uh, I think they could seriously gain from having him start. Um, and otherwise, in the front row as well, Xavier Numea. Uh, I think think we called it in round fourteen. Uh, sorry, in round thirteen, oh, round fourteen, a he subluxed his shoulder or something. You reckon unlikely to be back, Harry? 
Yeah, I mean, they didn't actually say what it was, but it looked very much the way that he was holding it, like he'd had a stinger, which mm. is probably either an AC joint injury or a subflux of his shoulder. So it's it's it hasn't been long. It's a two week turnaround. So it's it's definitely on the cards, depending on how bad it was that he comes back. But God, it it could be such a big scale of injury that he could be gone for four weeks or six weeks, or he could or he could be back at a hundred percent this week. So I, I think that's a worry for them because I think he's been by far and away the best in his in his position. Um, I just don't think Mafaleo offers quite as much. But um, yeah, did flip a coin, I reckon. Yep. Uh, Nels, take us through the locks in the back rows for the Hurricanes. Uh, so looking at the, the locks, we've got Blackwell. He's the the mainstay. He's been there for a long time, uh, filling that role for them. And then they've got Delaney or Walker, Leah Wary as the option for six. Uh, look, I, I quite like Delaney. He doesn't have the experience. Uh, I, I don't think he is as physical in tight, but he's got a very good work rate. But Walker Leawary, he's been a player that, you know, we've expected big things from from a long period of time. And, you know, this is probably a moment for him to step up if he's if he's given that shot. Yep. Duplessis Karifi was an injury, so you'd think that he's he's unlikely to play, right? They haven't said at all what it is, but I think that's a a big out for them. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, the the changes then, I mean, Sevilla, does he play seven? Flanders is their six. I I think there's not huge amounts of questions about that. So do we have Sevilla at seven? Then do we have Yossi come back into that that eight jersey yet again to, to fill that for them? He's been, you know, a very good ball in hand player. Um, he he maybe needs to work his lift his work rate a little bit um, around the paddock, but I mean he's he's a big name. In, I, I think he's I, I his... the obvious one, but there's one other option that I'm sure Kagi wants to get at. <laughs> I will I will get to. I was going to say I think Yosse showed his worth with just that try off the back of the scrum where yeah. he bolted down the sideline last week. That was good. easy. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, look, just give the people what they want. Let's get Peter Lackey on, mate. Bring him on. Big game player. They've saved him, uh, you know, saved the best for us. Saved him for a big game. What do you mean, big game player? So, how do we Uh, know, mate? He's a big game player, mate. I'm telling you. He could Um, be the biggest. (laughs) I've got it for you, right? Yossi at number eight, Sevilla at number seven, Peter Lackey at number six. Mate, get all three of them. I'm all here for it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, heading to the backs, um, a player that Harry thought he'd lucked out on with the fantasy loophole pick of a winger who was in the fly half fantasy position of Dan Stinkinson. I mean, Stinkinson. Um, I, I don't think he played well enough to don the 14 jersey again. Um, so if Rayasi's still out and unavailable, which he is. He is. Excellent. And Julian Sevillas is out and unavailable. Yes. Um, who else can they roll out in that 14 jersey? I am an art about all these like elaborate chance, options here, but it's pretty easy, mate. They put in Bale and Sullivan out there. Ah. <laughs> that is very easy. That is it's so be. straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> Surely uh, that's got to be the point. I was going, oh, my God, they're going to have to put Geordie Barrett to fullback and then Morby to wing, and then that way they can pay Peter Mwanga Jensen at 12, or maybe they can bring in uh, Ruben Love at 15 and push Morby across. But, no, they're just going to put Balan Sullivan at wing. Surely. Surely that's the play. And we haven't seen enough of Balan Sullivan. We've forgotten how good he is. So I, I, I agree with you. You don't want too many moving pieces. Um, and he, he'll be able to fill that role for them. Yeah, totally. Um, very good. Uh, anything else? I mean, the rest of the back line, I think, just picks itself, really. We've got um, 
we've got Roy a Roy God. I've now donned him. Uh, has I like just, it. Yeah, absolutely crushing it. Uh, Brett Cameron in at the 10 jersey there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think they really appreciated having Ruben Love come back from injury as well on the bench there. Can, can, can you know, fill in at 15 or 10. So, but otherwise, the rest of the team picks itself. Uh, I really feel for Aiden Morgan. I reckon he steered the team around really well this year in the absence of Brett Cameron. Uh, I I don't know what their best choice is. I know Brett Cameron is a more mature, experienced player by a long margin, but Morgan's been good, particularly with Geordie Barrett at 12, to take a lot of the shoulder, a lot of the load of the organisation and long kicking. Uh, he just offers so much more taking it to the line, and he, and he squares up the defence because of that. So I reckon they create more space for the opposite winger, for their wingers by having Morgan there. So, look, I'm, I'm well aware that I'm probably in the minority and Brett Cameron's going to start, but... I think Morgan's been good, and I, I just feel sorry for the bloke. He's, he's had two good years and still seems to find himself down the pecking order. Yeah, look, if you're not if you're not watching us on YouTube, you'll miss when Harry says, I think I'm in the minority and both Nelson and I nod um, on the screen, which, you know, it's uh, <laughs> just good for the full effect. But, uh, yeah, uh, look, I think Aiden Morgan has been great, but Brett Cameron's your number one there for mine. Uh, he was brought in to be number one, and he is number one. But um, yeah. Very good. All right, tips on this one. Uh, Hurricanes and the Brumbies in Canberra. And uh, I think the Brumbies are going to get it done. Um, Look at that, with confidence. He said that with confidence and gusto. Mate, I, I think they'll come good. I, I think they'll come good. Um, there's enough in this team and there's enough experience. You get the A team back on and, and they're going to get it done. So I, I think they're going to win this one uh, and I think they're going to win it by... It's going to be tight. They're going to win it by five. Harry. I think no Alan Alatoa hurts them as well. Um just leadership if nothing else. But um I keep flip-flopping. The line is 0.5, and that's how I feel because I just feel like it could go either way. I'm gonna hope that the Brumbies get it done. So that's probably the only reason I'm tipping them by three points. But geez, they're gonna have to play differently to what they have been. Very good. Uh, I deliberately made you go first so I can go last because I also have been flip flopping. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. say the Hurricanes are gonna win. I think the Hurricanes will win, and I reckon by about five points. Argy, yeah. this is your first time actually as an outlier, and you didn't say it. <laughs> it's the first time you've been an outlier. Come on, mate. Let's. Uh, what are you doing? Let's move on. Let's move on to da 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 deserto. What's a god? What's a god In this week's dessert, we're going to talk about uh, the Wallabies' locks. So um, we've got a fantastic graphic, which I'm sure if it hasn't hit your Twitter feed yet, will shortly, um, with all of the kind of prospective players who are shaping up to, you know, be in the picture for the Wallabies in 2023. Um, what, what, Nelson, I guess you made the image. Do you want to take us through kind of uh, who we see as the options and the categories you put them in here? I hate to to be honest. There's a lot. We had an um and ah about who we put into this graphic. Um, I've broken it into three categories: the mus or the muscle, and that's Isaac Rodder and Skelton making his way back over the best height, had the best right uh, lock in the world. Uh, we've got the experience, and I mean, there's two brothers there, so they, they both can't fill the four jersey. We've got the more experienced Richie uh, Rory Arnold. Who isn't even playing rugby at the moment? And we've got Richie Arnold, who making is the trucks, man that remember? He's making high no trucks right now. He's yes. making high no trucks. I hear he's crushing it. I hear he's crushing it. 
He is doing it well by all reports. Um, and and Matt Phillip there in uh, the five jersey, and then we've got the Brums, and that's Frost and Caden Neville. And this, I mean, that's not a bad partnership as well with experience there together. Yeah, I was. Well, can I, I, I just say first oh, point from me is that Isaac Rodder is gigantic, and I forgot how gigantic he was, but I think Matt. he looks so slow and unfit at the moment, and they're still managing his minutes. I think he's a long way away from being back to his peak fitness. And if you got Will Skelton, as Eddie says, the best number five in the world, I just can't see how they could possibly pick Isaac Rodder as well. I, I think if uh, if Rodder had a tough time uh, under the tutelage of Brad Thorne and working hard under the uh, the Thorne <laughs> regime, uh, he's going to have something coming for him with Eddie. Eddie's not going to give him a, an easy time at all. So um, Did he? What do you mean? Yeah, he, he didn't sound like he liked him. I don't know if it was because he they, he had time. Isn't that he, why he left? He left because he had disagreements with Brad Thorne. Because he wanted to be yeah. a captain and he wouldn't make him captain, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't because he was lazy, mate. Um, okay, well, I, I want to say, I want to go, I've said this a thousand times, but you've got a picture of the two Arnolds. I still think for sure Eddie's going to pick an Arnold because then you just sneak the other one into the country and like I've said, you swap him at half time. And no one's none the no one's none the wiser. You've just got two players for the price of one. Um, let's do it. No brainer. Look, the only thing is, like looking at that photo of Richie, he doesn't look like Rory anymore. So he could that could have just destroyed our plans. No, Rory's taking no, a lot no, more into the head. Harry, yeah. it'll happen. And they'll now, both have shaved heads and beards, and you exactly. won't be able to Now speaking of um you're saying Rotto looking like first of all, I agree, he looked massive, but definitely slow. Uh, speaking of someone not necessarily slow, but got to find his feet and refine his form, Matty Phillip. So he's come back um, from injury, from a quite serious injury. Uh, he had a great week two weeks ago. Really got looked like he was back. Got really stuck into his work. Lots of carries, lots of tackles, just lots of work rate. But he was very quiet again last week. Just really didn't get very involved. Which is, you know, usually we've come to rely on him for consistency of high work rate of just getting through the nitty gritty. Um, and you know, generally more often than not, not like having massive shining moments, like big tries and massive carries and that, but just getting through the volume of work. So I guess for him, it's going to be, can he get back up to that reliable, consistent volume of work? Um, that is the reason why he would be in the Wallabies team. Otherwise, um, cause he, he's a startup. He's generally not someone you want to bring off the bench. You know what I mean? He's not really a, I think I can go to, out to say Matt Phillips not really a point of difference type of lock. Um, I actually disagree. I reckon he'd be good when the game loosens up a little bit as a lock. And he's kind really? of like Frost in that he's got that athleticism. Whoa, you're comparing athleticism of Philip to of Frost to Philip. I think they're two different kettle of fish. I think Frost is uh, is unique uh, in 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 that aspect of our Australian locks. I think Phillips quite good around the paddock. I, I think he's for his size, I think he's quite mobile. No, no one I think really offers the speed of of Frost in the world, mate. I think as a lock. So I, I think that's his point of difference and very unique. I, I think to be honest, there's a chance we see the fastest lock in the world and the best right hand lock in the world playing together. Um and then it's it's finding who you cover on this on the bench and I mean, I think Matt Phillip offers a, a lot in both categories. Uh, I think he could be the perfect man for that role. Um, Caden Neville, great scrummager. Um, Rory Arnold, not playing footy. Richie Arnold, looks like Rory Arnold. And uh, that's not a huge positive, mate. <laughs> mate, 
Uh, I'm looks saying like we have, another guy who's good. You know, Talona built their pack around him. Yeah, no, he just looks like Rory. That's why we want him. Uh, look, the, the issue is we haven't seen the, him play one minute of international footy. Yeah. I, I think he's a very good player, but we have lots of options here. And I, I think experience is relevant in the Rugby World Cup. And I think that's something he's got going against him. Doesn't yeah. mean he can't get in there. I think he's a very good player, but we haven't seen enough of him, to be honest, in Australia. But it seems like a stretch at, what, 32, something like that. He's going to make his debut and it's going to be in a Rugby World Cup when we're going to try and win a World Cup in France. It seems like a stretch for me. So I think from what I just heard from what you said, Nels, I think we, I think I'm thinking the same way as you in that if I'm picking out of all these locks right now, I'm starting Frost and Skelton uh, and you're taking four locks on tour. So I, I'd say you're taking at the moment, probably Neville and Philip, and then you're mm. just deciding, um, you know, you're taking Philip for uh, yeah, the work rate and, you know, perhaps a bit of a point of difference. And then Neville's just your stock standard serviceable does the job lock. Um, and those are the four probably right now uh, that I would be taking in the Wallabies squad. Um, is there anyone anyone not pictured that we're missing? Any other locks that... I mean, there's, uh, there's Luke Hunt, Salakai Lotto, who's, who's thrown his hat in the ring late by coming back. So he's obviously just signed in Australia. So he's definitely an option. But my worry for him is that his form was really quite poor when he left. Um, and then the other man I'm going to say is, I don't know what Nelson's got there, Matt, Michael Hooper again maybe. I'm going to go with uh, Harry Hawkins as well, who's just mm-hmm. been... Crushing in Japan, some fantastic in the Barbars versus World Fifteen. I, I hope that we see the late rush from him and he signs for someone, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, so the, the, the way he put his name onto the stage, I think, with Eddie watching um, in in that Barbarians versus World Fifteen match, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie's been on the phone to him saying, "Let's get you over here." Yeah, and, I I agree. Yeah, and look, level. Yeah, in in terms of um, other like young guns, um, pr- probably not you know have done enough to get a look in yet. But players with the likes of you know Jeremy Williams, Josh Cannon having massive seasons. Um, you know, for mine, I mean, uh, Jeremy Williams has been fantastic, but Josh Cannon has been unbelievable as far mm. as I'm concerned. Um, I, I had him in my Australian team of the year, man. He's been mm. awesome. Just, and just, I just think just, the only issue is he probably needs another year or two. It's yeah, not not in a World Cup year. You don't bring him out. Is that what we yeah. think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. and Trevor Hosea, which has been that good that Hosea's kind of fallen out of uh, yeah. the picture. He can't get a start in that Rebels team now. So I think form wise, he's he's fallen away as well. And I don't think it's just that Cannon's jumped him. I think Cannon's been very, very good. Don't take it away from him, but I don't think Hosea is in you know that good form himself. Um, yeah. Another name we could throw in the ring is Holloway. I think he's probably going to be the Wallaby six. There's a good chance, but I mean, maybe maybe we do see a Hooper at six. Uh, a Tom Hooper, and and it then frees up Holloway to cover lock, whether it be on the bench or in the starting side as well. That well, that was going to be my question. Was a I think a Holloway Hooper, a Tom Hooper, we could expect to see. You know, wouldn't be surprised to see both or either of them. Definitely Jed Holloway, I think, in the Wallaby squad, but Hooper may as well may be in there as well. And hey, let's not turn this into a back row chat. This is already the two hours. True, part. we're drifting. We're drifting. But um, <laughs> yeah. So Harry, are you in agreement with us that those are the four? Hundred percent. I surprisingly completely agree. How good! That I mean, consensus right, has been reached. We'll we'll submit our submit our uh, our formal um, review to Eddie, and he can uh, you know make his I'll, his. I'll write it on a notepad. You take a photo of it on my shoulder, and we'll put it up on Twitter. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a plan. All right. Well, excellent. Uh, there's your deserto for uh, episode twenty, season six, the Giraffe Rugby Show quarterfinals coming up this week. How good! 
Uh, we've got our fantasy redrafts on Thursday for the final, the finals and the spoon final. Um, and yeah, plenty to like about these games coming up. And uh, we'll, I guess, we'll catch you again next week for to for episode twenty one to discuss the quarters and the semis. We will, mate. Talking about your wooden spoon.